0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red Podcast with me, Ian Doyle. This is a very special mini-podcast after the game against Porto on Tuesday night. Joining me is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Hi, IJ.
2: Hello Ian, how are you? Tired, you? Uh, yeah, you're, not very ge- well, you're not very well, are you? No, I've you're, been, you've still been fighting off this lurgy, haven't I? But
1: yeah. Was that your excuse yeah, you, for your driving? I'm bringing that up again. You don't wanna,
2: you're not going to be missing games at this stage of the season, are you? Just, no. well, it's funny, I'm it's sponsored because,
1: by Sudafed at the moment. Well, it's funny because you had like three weeks off recently, didn't you? To three prepare, weeks off? Well, it, was, it seemed like that. Ten days, was it? Yeah. Yeah, to prepare for this running and you've been unwell ever since you came back. I
2: know, I know. The... Uh, I thought that high-altitude training would stand me in good <laughs> stead, but um, you know, it's, it's been a long season for all of us, Ian. But, it, it, um, it has. You're not 100%, are you, at this time no, of the year? No, but no. You yourself Everybody up Everybody's
1: carrying knocks at this yeah, stage of the season, yeah.
2: Just don't want to miss games.
1: It's just about getting over the line, and uh, also joining us, and trying to get over the line, and trying to get a word in, is uh, Theo Squires. Hi, Theo. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. You, you were also at the game, weren't you? Yeah, night. I'm also tired. Yes. You were in very early this morning, weren't you, yeah? I was yeah. so, yeah. going to say, James just rolled in about, what was it, 12 o'clock one time you came in? No. Eleven, typing up Jordan Henderson quotes at half eight this morning. Lied the man. Anyway, right, James, uh, we will look back then at the game against Porto for anybody who didn't see it. Liverpool, well, is that what you listen to this for? But Liverpool won two nil. Uh, was it a fair result in the NJ?
2: Yeah, I think it was just a bit of a strange night, all in all, wasn't it? I think we we said in the podcast preview in the game that it was such a low key build up to. You know, it's easy to forget the fact that that was only the second time Liverpool had been involved in the Champions League quarter final for for ten years. Um, yet, I think maybe because there's been so much focus on the Premier League title race, so much, you know, and also I think the fact it was only Porto, that feeling of oh, you know, we'll we'll, we'll do these easy anyway, that it just had like a real low key feel to it. And Liverpool's performance was a little bit in keeping with that. I thought, you know, obviously, got the dream start, half an hour gone, two 0 up. You know, the stage looked set for them to absolutely blow Porto away, but um, it didn't happen. I think it almost looked like they were playing within themselves at, at times in that in that second half. You know, happy to you know, just be in control of the tie, knowing full well that you know with the firepower this Liverpool team have got, you know, score once in Portugal next week. Porto have to score four, that's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I thought it was it was a decent night's work for Liverpool without without them ever. Really getting out of second gear, and I th- I think that probably underlines how far this team have come. The fact that we're talking about them not playing particularly well and cruising through a, a Champions League quarter final.
1: Theo, were you marginally impressed by Porto? Because obviously we were all led to believe that they were the one team that everybody wanted to face. And Matt Lawrenson, former Liverpool players said something quite interesting today. He said that Porto played as though they were a
0: mid-table to lower lower table a Premier League team, which I thought was a little bit harsh. Yeah, I thought they did an all right job. If uh, Moraga had been able to finish, then it would have been a very different game. He had a number of chances where he'd managed to get in behind the defence and Alisson had to come to the rescue. But at the same time, they were playing five at the back for the majority of the game, so it was always easier for them to defend there. And still, Mohamed Salah caused them so many issues. that to put two men on him in the end. Mike um, James has said, you'd imagine Liverpool now are going to get the job done. It was a very weird atmosphere um, it was almost as though the Champions League's been an afterthought this season so um, it's like they've almost accidentally found their way into the semi-finals so it'll be very interesting They're not
1: in the semi-finals yeah come on I said almost
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how they approach the second like, I think um, the feeling amongst the crowd as well the atmosphere is very different to Bayern Munich and even Jurgen Klopp's team selection when he's using this game to have the opportunity to put Dejan Lovren back in to uh, give Henderson that chance in a more advanced role it's more testing isn't it rather than then, right, I'm going to do my strongest eleven for every game for the running.
1: I mean, what did you make James of Navigator? Because he was one of the players who kept his place uh, in the starting lineup from the game against Southampton. He scored his first Liverpool goal that evening, and then he that owed a little bit to fortune, I suppose. Keeper should have kept it out. But then his first Anfield goal owed a lot to fortune. But his overall performance actually merited it, didn't it? But certainly the first half.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. I think it just shows what a difference, I think, that that goal at, at Southampton has, has, has done to him. You know, we... I think we've spoken many times, haven't we earlier on in the season, especially that he needed that one big moment, that spark to really get him going, because um, it has been tough for him. I know, he, you know, I know, I, I, you know. I, I think we both wrote stuff about Cater on the back of the game. To me, it was the you know the overriding kind of theme, how well he played and how influential he was. And you know, I know a few people said, well, you know, it wasn't the first time he's played well for Liverpool, but still. To me, it was the first time he's probably made a, you know, an important contribution in back-to-back games. There's been little flashes of, of the cater we saw in the YouTube clips before he arrived at Liverpool, but he's never been able to sustain it. You know He has looked lightweight at times. You, know, you only have to look at the fact he, he struggled to hold down a place. You know, he hasn't been able to win over Klopp in terms of trusting, especially when the big games come along.
1: Um, Do you think it was a big call to play him in this game? No, not really. Or, or, cause I think, or was, or was it because I think it was, I mean, we spoke that when Alden probably needed a yeah. rest, and then suddenly you go with Lalaunas injured, which he was. There's not many other options. Is no, there?
2: Uh, yeah, I think that was. We said did before the game? It was a toss-up probably between when Alden and Cater, and when Alden has looked absolutely shattered of late. So um, no, I think I think it made perfect sense. I don't think it was a gamble of such to to play Cater, and yeah, he just he just grew into the you know the another big slice of luck. But, you know, even, you know, there was other times in the season, things just haven't gone mm. for him. You think of the the penalty he should have had against Leicester. There's, penalty he you know, should have had against Southampton? Yeah. He's yeah. And, you know, so, you know, he'll, he'll quite rightfully think, do you know what, I've probably earned this, this little bit of luck with the, you know, not great keeping at Southampton, then the big deflection last night. And then suddenly he was imposing himself on the game, you know, really dynamic picking the right passes, being ambitious with his distribution, you know, winning the ball back. Um, and you could say he was, you could see he was really enjoying himself, and um, yeah, just pleased for him because it has been a real. You, know, you if you if you'd said back in you know August that Naby Cater would have would have had to wait until April to to get off the mark for Liverpool, then you would have thought that would have massively dented their chances of winning anything this season. And this title challenge has effectively happened almost without him. The fact that now they've got him on board and contributing is a, is a huge boost for the running.
1: I was going to say, but if you'd have said that Naby Keita scores in the Champions League quarterfinal for Liverpool in his first season, you'd have expected that, wouldn't you? Yeah,
0: definitely. We all expected him to be this big player for Liverpool this season. And it's been a recurring theme that the midfield haven't been getting the goals, but that's now what three of the last four have come from midfield. Uh, what I um, was most impressed by from him wasn't the attacking play because we're, we're used to seeing him with the ball at his feet, running forward, taking people on. It was the defendant in the pressing. Um, I think there was that one moment where Ike Casillas threw it out short and he was straight on to Liverpool's left-hand side to chase down the fullback. He got shrugged off, but then he ran inside to go central, eventually forcing the ball back to Casillas. And that was the real difference there. You can see the goals have given him that confidence to really make that contribution to Jurgen Klopp's side. I mean, uh, Jordan Henderson, James. If you're just paying attention, uh, Jordan, I am yeah. paying
1: attention. <laughs> Jordan Henderson. He was recalled to the starting lineup after his impressive cameo at Southampton, and again, he played in a slightly more advanced role. And Jurgen Klopp said after the game that, you know, jokingly <laughs> said he's apologised for the previous eighteen months because it's clear that he's been playing him in the wrong position. But, you know, we, we, we can do we can do about a million pods on that, but just talking about Henderson and his performance on Tuesday. It's a great pass for the uh, to set help set up the second goal, but just overall, he, certainly in the first half again. Liverpool obviously, as we mentioned, played a lot better in the first half than the second. First half, if they do get through, that'll be the bit that's you know gotten the control of this time potentially, seeing them through. And Henderson was key to that.
2: Yeah, yeah. He, you know, when he plays like that, you know, he really sets the tempo with you know the way he gets around the pitch, and um, and yeah, the, the last two games, you know, the, the contribution off the bench at St Mary's, and then. And then last night, has been a timely reminder that there is a lot more to Henderson than just, you know, some kind of midfield wrecking ball that can shut down space, make tackles and pass the ball sideways. Um, Really interesting the fact that, you know, he he told the TV, didn't he, after the Southampton game last Friday night that he'd had this conversation with Klopp um, and asked him about the possibility of playing a bit further forward. Klopp obviously took that on board um, and has given him that opportunity to, to... to, to show what he can do and he he certainly grasped it I mean I don't, I don't suddenly I don't think I don't think it means suddenly that you know, I, don't, I think Klopp was partly tongue in cheek the old you know apology for yeah, I've yes. been playing he's, him out he's, of he's done, he's for done that before he did it with um, them um, Salah didn't yeah, he yeah I mean it, you know it's it's been a case of, of of needs must you know and you know Henderson you know I know he, he gets a lot of stick but I think he's proved himself to be a very able defensive midfielder he's shown he can do that job he's had you think back to probably PSG at home this season, you know it's he, he's had some brilliant performances in in that in that particular role, but I think as gradually we've seen Fabinho get his feet further and further under the table, um you know it's given Klopp that option to to play him a bit further forward, and it's almost the Henderson we saw in in the first kind of year or two of his his Liverpool career, you know that you know the, the the athlete who was you know bounding through and breaking lines and. And, and getting up in support of of the attacking players, and it's it's, it's just a, you know it's another little interesting subplot to this pursuit of, of 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 trophies. The fact that now you know suddenly with only a month left of the season, there's been this kind of tweak in terms of using the captain, and I think you you could just see how fired up and hungry he is. And of course, you know especially with Chelsea on the horizon now. You no, know, it was a game. It brings back memories of five years ago when. He you didn't know, play. He, he didn't play. He was having to, you know, having to sit and watch as that, you know, that painful episode un, unraveled that day. And, um, you know, obviously the, the team has changed so, so much since then. Um, but, you know, he's still there and, you know, he, he'll be absolutely, you know, more desperate than anyone to to finally take that next step and get over the line. And I think, it, you know, his performances against Southampton and again against... Um, Porto just showed just how hungry he is for for success.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Somebody else who was hungry, Theo, uh, certainly in the last few weeks has been Roberto Firmino. He... Scored the second goal, but just his overall play. Certainly in the second half, when Liverpool didn't perhaps have as much of the ball going forward, but some of the footwork from Firmino, he did it in front of us, didn't he? Where we sit in the press in the press box, it's just the crowd loved it. But it, it it isn't just for show, is it? Everything that he does has got a purpose. He's not he doesn't
0: do like showboating, does he? No, he's a very effective player. Um, remember earlier in the season, was it the back hill against Cardiff just to keep the ball in play? or he's not made a player. It's so, all. For a purpose, there's substance to everything he does, and it's quite telling that Liverpool are stepping up performances a bit, just as he's finding his level again. And it's a good thing for the side that you've got a number of players now who are increasing their levels during this final six weeks of the season. It's not just Firmino; you know, like Mohamed Salah, he's got his goal at, on Friday night. Hopefully, he's coming back into form. So, when we've had these winter months when they're almost having to rely solely on Mane, they've got the midfield coming forward as well, and it's a great um, move for them into these final games because Jung Klopp is going to have to rotate. As we've seen last night, it isn't just going to be the same 11. And we've gone from saying there aren't many options in midfield to, well, how do you pick the three now? You could easily have two midfields that are going to be very strong.
1: I mean, what what did we make of the performance then without Andy Robertson in defence, Theo? Because he was obviously missed. Certainly, I thought Sadio Mane missed him because he, was, he wasn't quite as effective. He didn't have, you know, James Milner didn't overlap as much. And Klopp said afterwards that, Milner was in more of a protective role, and that also underline why Trent Alexander Arnold had so much of the ball going forward the other way, which obviously is where the second goal came from but I think do you think they missed Robertson
0: yes and no, um I think James Milner he was probably feeling his way back into the role because he hasn't played there for a while, but um it was his what clearance early on mm. that helped set up the first goal, and Liverpool needed that experience. Um, when you look at I've mentioned him earlier Morega, his performance he was targeting very much Alexander-Arnold at targeting Lovren but they didn't really ever try and get at Milner which is quite a surprise really when you think you've got a midfielder who isn't known to be quick um, playing out of position it says a lot about his ability there that- They didn't really miss Robertson. Yes, they missed his um, ability to get forward, get balls into the box. But when you've got the quality on the other side, when you've got Henderson getting forward on the other side, Liverpool have always got players who can get balls into the box. Now, James, Dan Lovren played. I remember that we were talking in the
1: pod before the game and you suggested that he might get a game and I laughed at you. which uh, Not for the first time. Yeah, not for the first time, but you were right for once. I was. Thank you. You seem surprised. I am very surprised. Um, what did you make of Because it's easy to forget that I was Lovren's first start since the since FA Cup game against is more than three months ago. Yeah, yeah. Th- it just—it was something that crossed my mind just because I
2: thought. It, I think it, it probably if Klopp's rationale would have been: I'm going to need Lovren at some point hmm. in the in the next. And five, I know what you're going weeks. to
1: say is the fact that this is the one game where Liverpool thought this is the one game where I can bring somebody in and change things. Yeah, it's, it's a Champions League quarter final yeah, and, and then the rotating place but then it. that that just shows just
2: how important every you know the, the does it show we're going bizarre to say, does, as it does it sounds.
1: show how important not only every game is but also how every player is now.
2: Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. And I think just you know as bizarre as it sounds to think that the Champions League quarter final first leg is is the one to take a risk or whatever in. I think it was just because it was a night where Klopp knew Liverpool were going to dominate possession and territory. I think I think he would have been surprised and probably worried at times at how much Porto did actually create. Because they, to be honest, I think you were, what you said earlier on was right that they were much better than I thought they would be. And I think I think Mark lawrence has been a bit harsh there describing them as a mid-to-bottom table. Premier Depends League what he was expecting. Because- <laughs> maybe he was expecting
1: them to be brilliant, so he's, he's come at it from a different way.
2: Yeah, but you know, I, th- I thought I thought they 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 were impressive, even you know. I, you know, it was an absolute body blow for them, wasn't it? That early goal. Mm. Because they'd actually started the game really positively and then Liverpool first attack, massive deflection. And then suddenly, you know, after the, with the memories of what happened to them last season at the hands of Liverpool. Um, well, well like, it,
0: while
1: they were playing, as Theo said, five across the back, they did give the impression that they'd come to score a goal. Yeah, and they'd yeah, have been yeah. quite happy to lose 3-1 because they'd have fancied their chances. And they probably still do fancy yeah. their chances in return. Like, but not getting that away goal, that could end up being so gruesome, for them Yeah, that's,
2: I think that's going to kill them because... You know, suddenly the dynamic of the tyres, Liverpool score once over there, then they need four and, you know, that isn't going to that isn't gonna happen. I think in terms of Lovren, um, I thought it worked out perfectly. I think, um, I thought he did well. I think, you know, there were times when he looked rusty. There was that one reasonably late on, wasn't there, when Morega burst in behind him and I don't think he was particularly alert, Lovren, to, to the danger there. But, you know, a couple of other times when he made big, important interceptions and challenges and... Um, yeah, just absolutely crucial that he got those minutes under his belt because he's he's had such a stop-start season, Lovren. And I know he divides opinion, but um, you know he is a he is a top-level defender. You don't you don't get to play in Champions League and World Cup finals unless unless you are top level. Um, and you know I, I think he probably will find himself back on the bench on on Sunday because Joel Matip has been that impressive in recent months, and I think Klopp will will reward that, but. Um, I mean, it worked out just about perfectly, And not it? When you think Liverpool have just cruised through really a Champions League quarterfinal first leg on a night where Robertson had the night off, when Aldam had the night off, and Matip had the night off, you know, and that's, um, that's not a bad position to be in suddenly looking ahead towards Sunday.
0: Then, uh, go sorry, Klopp's going to have such a decision to make with that defence just because uh, whilst Matip has impressed. Yeah, it still isn't as strong as it was during the first half of the season. Like we've been talking about how good the record is, but I think they've only now what, kept one clean sheet more than Man City in the league. They've only conceded one less than Man City, and the goals are going in a lot more frequently than they were. So when you've got Joe Gomez slowly coming back, maybe now is the time to edge Lovren back into the starting eleven because I think we'd all be quite worried if Joel Matip's the one partnering Van Dijk at the start of next season. That's a little bit harsh. I just don't trust him. Still, <laughs> <laughs> I think on form you'd have to stick with him. I know what you, I know what you
2: mean. I, I, I'm not I'm not a massive Matip fan, but he surprised me how well he's done in the last few months. You know, I, I I I thought that as soon as Lovren was fit and ready that he would come back in, especially with Gomez taking longer than we thought he'd be out for. But I think if you're picking it purely on on form, then I think Matip. You know, you 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 have to bring him back.
1: That's an example of Klopp trust in his players when, they, when they're in form now let's talk about VAR because I know we all love it um, there were a few decisions that went for Liverpool really basically there was uh, the handball by Trent Alexander-Arnold which turns out he, I, I think we Agreed he was off the pitch, wasn't he? So it can't possibly be ample. Uh, there was the offside, what wasn't in Liverpool's favour, the Mane, which was offside. And the referee, uh, the it's linesman, t- sorry. tight, that. But the linesman gave sorry. it and it was correct. So, you know, and, and it didn't take them long to check it. However, then there was this other incident where, first off, for anybody who was in the ground that wondered what on earth was going on, because a couple of minutes after this incident... Uh, George Sefton who was informing everybody of the when VAR was being used basically said that VAR, VAR check had been completed without actually having told anybody there was one going on and this was just as the game was going on as normal, so no one knew what that was about we We did it. everybody in watching uh, on television at home knew but and so did we in the press box would we have replays, but for those in the ground who paid the money they didn't know what was going on and this was the incident where they were checking for Lovren uh, handling for a penalty I mean I think it hit his shoulder didn't it so it wasn't a penalty but then when the game went on there was the Mohamed Salah on Danilo which I must admit I don't think any of us spotted at the time did we because, because of the way that the game went it was over so quickly but when you saw the replays and you saw the
0: pictures it wasn't great was it? No, I think uh, Salah can count himself very lucky that that wasn't spotted. Um, you could tell he was frustrated that he'd gone close a few times and not got his goal and he was just getting more frustrated as the game went on. Whether it's a, a deliberate follow-through or not, I'm not sure. Like Just seconds before, he'd done this, a similar sort of challenge without a follow-through to win the ball back to create the opening in the first place. Um, I'm not sure if UEFA can look at that retrospectively. And they get, can't. They it's can't. basically the answer to that. Yes, they cannot. No. I,
2: I didn't think it was malicious. I think it was clumsy more than anything else. Um, they didn't make a massive deal of it at the time. No, did they? I, I, that's probably think, why we
1: didn't. we didn't
2: see yeah. it. but well, I think, and that is why, because he didn't. He didn't it wasn't like it wasn't one it Doesn't mean it do wasn't a foul, flopper. like yeah. No, it was, it, was, it was. a foul. I mean, the ref gave a free kick, didn't he? I think.
0: Did he? I'm sure he gave it. Was it before or after the, the from penalty shout? It was literally, it was literally during seconds. It. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> during the review that nobody yeah, knew yeah, was even yeah, going yeah. on.
2: Um, no, nah, it was just. It was just clumsy, he overstretched, and he caught him. But it's one of those ones that when you when you look at the you know people then. Have the still images and the slow motion. It looks, it looks a lot worse than it actually does. I think in real time. I think,
1: I think if but, you had caught him it, properly, he would have broken his leg. Yeah, so yeah, that well, suggests that he didn't.
2: Yeah, and he didn't. You know, the fact he didn't do that, I think he, there was no real force behind it. And I think, I think that saved him. But to me, that was just common sense. People all scream that he was fortunate. Do you know what people will get sent off for less. People
0: have, have been, been, sent, been off sent off for yeah. less this season. Markovic um, against Barcelona
2: a few years back. But, nose. Um, no, I didn't. I don't go along with the idea that you know he's he's absolutely got away with one there. I think, I think it was in, in the end it was the right call.
1: Well, final thing, then we'll talk about Porto in terms of the second leg. I mean, James, you were there last year. I mean, I was there 2007 for a group game. Nice stadium. I mean, the atmosphere when I was there wasn't particularly great. It would be completely different in this game, James, but. Liverpool will know exactly what to expect. They were there, you know, 13 months ago.
2: Valentine's night. Yeah, yeah. it was... Um, yeah, I think, you know, that. I think that helps the fact that, you know, no great surprises. They know, you know, it's, it's a decent stadium. Um, you know, the, the atmosphere was was lively there early on. It was, you know, that was a night when Liverpool just completely killed off the mood by how devastating they were on the, the counter-attack. And I think it'll be similar next Wednesday night. I think... Porto will have gone away from Anfield. I think you only have to look at some of the Portuguese press today that they they actually left believing. I think they I think they they probably arrived fearful, thinking you know this you know they they don't they didn't want to be embarrassed again by Liverpool for the second successive season. They they didn't certainly didn't get embarrassed. They left with their heads held high with a lot of regrets. I think as well. Well, the they, fact played th- they, they played
1: three games against them and scored a goal.
2: Yeah, and. You know, they'll be, they'll be kicking themselves because you know suddenly you know if morega puts one of those chances away you're talking about the tie looks completely and utterly different but um i expect liverpool to finish the job off i think I, even yes even last night watching it in that second half you got the feeling that liverpool were playing within themselves and and could have lifted it if if they had to um and there almost there was almost a sense of you know got bigger fish to fry at the moment this all this will do. And, you know, I, th- I think it'll be lively over there next Wednesday and probably tricky. They might have to ride a bit of a, an early storm. But as soon as Liverpool score, that will just, just absolutely kill it and fully expect Klopp's side to march into the semis.
1: That should do us then. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this midi podcast. Uh, join us later this week where we'll look ahead to Liverpool be Chelsea. Cheerio. You've
0: been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool
1: Echo.